Hallelujah. You know that we say that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. Okay? I, I think it's important we realize that it's not just that Jesus is our Savior, but it's also that He is our Lord. And, um, and you have to understand when we talk about that He is our Lord, that means He is in charge. Okay? Not, not you and me, He is in charge. And, uh, and that means that uh, when you and Jesus are not agreeing, there's only one person who has to change. Okay? And, uh, and it's not going to be Him. Okay? And what is interesting is that, and I think actually that's why uh, we in the churches often we end up with a lot of different denominations because of, it's really an expression of people don't want to change. They, so if their lives are not lining up with what the Word of God says, so instead of changing, they try to uh, twist it so that it can fit into their life. Okay? And... Uh, it's so important that he's not just your savior, but he's also your Lord. Amen. And uh, there's something that uh, that I think that is very, very uh, widespread in our culture. You know, when I say our culture, I, say, I talk about the Christian culture. Is that uh, there's a deception going on where we can think we can get everything that God blesses, wants to bless us with without doing everything that God asks us to do. Did you understand? Uh, and, and, and a part of it has come in that we say, but it's by grace, okay? Or it's by mercy or God is understanding. Uh, I don't know if you realize, but I actually realized the more I read the word of God, God is not understanding at all. I notice that he, he's not even uh, when it when it comes to 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 put him first. Uh, there's been many times back I said to God, you know, God, you, you you should understand, and He doesn't understand. You know, the Bible says in the Old Testament, He says to the Israelites that God is a jealous God. Okay, uh, it, it, it's important we understand is that because of. Or else we're ending up living in the illusion of Christianity. And what happens in the illusion of Christianity is that that cannot produce anything. And what you're ending up doing is that you're ending up living a life like the Pharisees did. That they have the right words, but they don't have the right actions. Do, do you understand? And that's why Jesus came. Do you, you know, have, you, have you noticed that, that he spent most of his life rebuking the Pharisees, which were supposed to be the Christians. Like if you put it into New Testament time, that's supposed to be the Christians. And I'm telling you, these Pharisees, they were dedicated. Uh, if you were a Pharisee at that time, you were able to memorize the whole Old Testament by heart. Can you imagine that? Uh, I can memorize four verses if they're short, okay? And they dedicated their whole life to study the Torah. And, and they are the people that Jesus came down to rebuke because of they had the words, but they didn't have 
the life. Okay, and 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 uh, I'm going to talk about to receive from God, and I'm telling you that very often it's not difficult to see if you're going to get it or not. Do, do you understand? Just like uh, when I studied, it wasn't very difficult for me to see who was going to pass and who was not going to pass. It's not because I had a prophetic gift. It was because those I said wouldn't pass, they never showed up. And, um, when, when I started, the, the percentage of dropout in the first year was over 80%. No, the first year students at university at that, in that course, 80% wouldn't be in that course the year after. And, uh, and first, first when we heard it, we were really shocked. But once we started the course, we were not really shocked because um, many people, they never showed up. So it was very easy to say, I don't think they will pass. Not because I was a prophet, but it, it was easy. Because of a, you have to, and the same thing is that when when we're talking about the kingdom of God, uh, there is a way how to do things. Do, do you understand? And 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 one of the problems, and this is where I, I had a talk with a pastor the other day, and and I said to him that uh, I detest today Christian television. Okay. Uh, I, I believe as an original idea it was good, but I believe that what it's turned into become has become bad. Mm. Do, do, you know, one thing that always amuses me is that you know, when we have this, every, what, what do we call it, mission week or telephone or whatever we call it, and we talk about have faith. And I think it's quite laughable. We're talking about having faith. We need to waste $10 million. <laughs> Call it. Why don't we show some faith themselves? Do you understand? But, but the thing is that uh, what, what Christian, a lot of the Christian television, what it has done, it has spread a gospel that, and I don't think they do it knowingly, but this is the result of it is that they are, they are spreading a gospel where you don't need to die. Okay, you know, but there's a lot of teaching if you see it. Uh, it pampers to your flesh and not to your spirit. Okay, you know, like there's a ministry that spent, has spent the last 30 years upon how that person was abused and, and, and so on and so forth, you know. And I'm thinking, yeah, come on, after 30 years, has, have you not been healed yet? Did you understand? And, and the thing is that a lot of the teaching is about you feeling good about your flesh. But there, like, I like when I was listening to Pastor Yonke Cho in 92 in Nottingham, and it was the, the most simple sermon I ever heard, but it was the most powerful sermon I ever heard too. He said, have you problems in your finances? Kick the devil out. Have you problems in your body? Kick the devil out. Have you problems in your home? Kick the devil out. You know, but really what he's saying is, die. Do you know, but God is not trying to make you feel good about yourself. He's trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Urquhart, the, uh, an old, he, he's an old, he was an old Anglican priest when he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when he became really, really on fire for God, maybe one of the best 
preachers, British preachers, an, an old man now, and, um, and he said this statement, Jesus does not like you as you are. Sorry, God does not like you as you are. That's why he sent Jesus. We must never forget that it's not the good side of you that God likes. Did you understand? No matter how nice you are, God still don't like that person. He likes us, he loves us because of Jesus. Because when he sees you and me, he sees Jesus. Do you know? That's why he was our substitute. He was the sacrifice for our sin. But where many times where we're trying to improve what we call salvation very often, we're ending up trying to improve what we consider as the good sides of us in the old nature. But the Bible says it all has to be sacrificed. You know, the Bible talks about that when you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you become a new creation. Okay? And it doesn't say you become an improved or perfect version of your old self. No, it says you become a new creation. Before you became born again, before you received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and the way we do that is that we repent of our sin. Which means we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. I'm telling you, I, I know many Christians, including myself, for, for the early stages of my Christian life, I was actually, you know, you don't say that publicly, but when you look back, you can see the attitude, and I see that attitude in many people, is that we can actually think that we did God a favor to get saved. Because God, God is really blessed that he got me. I can do this, and I can do that, and oh, I can... You know, God, what should you have done without me? I, I know we don't say it, but we thinking it. And we acting it out. And how to, because I can see a lot of how people, when they perform, it's like, see me, see how anointed I am, and see this. And, and it's like, oh yeah, as when, I'm, it's not about Jesus. Did you understand? So when we have to understand this, but to be born again, means God is not trying to improve your old person. He's trying to crucify it. So that you can become a new creation. Do you understand? And it's that new creation that receives from that can receive from Jesus. Do you know that it's not your you know our flesh cannot receive from the spirit. It is the spirit to spirit that has to receive. But if we keep working on that, I have to improve my old flesh, dress up my flesh, you, you, you will misunderstand what, what it means to be spiritual. Being spiritual is not being nice or being helpful or being kind. That has nothing to do with spirituality. That's just good behavior. Yeah. Amen? And, um, and if you turn to Genesis chapter 12, mm-hmm. uh, this is something that is, uh, you know, Abraham... He is the patriarch, you know, he's the father of faith. And, uh, and if he's the father of faith, I think it's very important we see. What does he do? Because of, he is, in one sense, our role model. Okay? And, uh, and, and here in the beginning it says, 
in, uh, in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get you out of the country. Here, the, the first thing that, 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 that starts with, he says to Abraham, Get out of your country. Okay? Now, in New Testament terms, it's basically saying, Before anything else, you need to be saved. You need to repent. But, you know, that's the starting point. You know, we, we, we do not become Christians just because of we attend church. You know, I know of a pastor's wife, and she's been a pastor's wife for decades, and when in a meeting there was this evangelist coming and said, you need to repent of your sin, if you want to be saved, come forward, and the pastor's wife came forward. And she grew grown up in the church. And, she said, and he looked at her, are you not the Christian? She said, no. But you've been in church all your life? Yeah, but I just came. My parents went to church, I went to church. But she never came to a point where she realized, I am a sinner, until that day. Yeah. Did you understand? So, it's, you know, so, so we don't become Christians just by association. <coughs> you, you know, I know in the world that a lot of people like to do what we call name dropping. Okay, but the thing is that you don't become just by name dropping. Just the same thing is that I don't become a Christian by association. I become a Christian through repentance. Amen? Amen? My personal, you know, as God, uh, someone said about God, God has no grandchildren. Have you noticed that? We all have to be born again. What I learned in YWAM for many years ago was that just because you sleep in a garage, you don't become a car. Okay? No, so so it, it's individual, personal repentance. Okay? But here, so, so the first thing God says to Abraham here is, get out! Okay? The Bible talks about that we have to repent. And when you, repentance means you turn around. I know some preachers, they say repentance is just a new way of thinking. No, repentance is that I acknowledge I am a sinner. And now I confess my sin. I say to Jesus, I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness. Okay? And then I repent, meaning I turn away from the old life. That's repentance. Okay? Repentance is not to say, oh... I have nothing else to do. I go to church. Okay, and if you go to a big church, I go to church because at least the entertainment is free. Okay, no, the thing is, that's repentance. So, so, the, so the first thing for all of us, if we want to see the blessing of God in our life, or, or the, what God has promised us, it starts with, I need to come out. Because you need to be transformed. Do you understand? Do you know that even in the natural, have you noticed that most uh, rehabilitation homes for addicts, whatever kind of addicts, drug addicts, it's never in the slum area. Have you noticed that? Now, if, you go, if you're going to be rehabilitated for an addiction, usually the rehabilitation center is somewhere in the countryside. They have to take you out of the environment that you are in. Because most likely the environment that you are in is a result of who you are. Do you understand? And I, have you also noticed it's very difficult to be 
changed if you are in the same environment. You know, when you and I, we got saved and we got born again, a part of being born again is that when you meet Jesus, there are friends you have to let go of. Did you understand? Because if you don't let go of them, they will pull you in the direction of your old life. You come and say, I'm saved, and they say, no, you don't look saved at all. <laughs> okay? And, and so on and so forth. So they are, you know, they, this is a part of you have to let go. It's the same thing when people get married. What, what is, do you know what the Bible says? A husband should leave his father and mother and become one with his wife. You know, some, sometimes people, they, they don't realize that. They marry uh, in-laws, they also move in. Okay? <laughs> and uh, and that's, uh, that's a big, big problem. So that's a life, you know, especially men has that problem that they still listen to their mom. Even when they're married. But the Bible says, you need to leave your father and mother. Yeah. Amen? And so, so here God says to Abraham, you need to come out. If you and I want to experience the fullness of God, we have to take the first step, come out of our environment. God is not going to improve you, transform you where you are, because it's more nearly impossible. Yeah, but you say, nothing is impossible for God. No, nothing is impossible for God. But the thing is, God chose to cooperate with us. Yeah. You know, he doesn't force transformation upon us. He cooperates with the transformation, which means I do one thing and he responds. Mm. Okay? So, so he says, unto get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you I'll, and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great here so so you can so if you if you transfer this to our so this is the blessing of god you know so, so this is like you got a promise of healing you got a promise of uh, breakthrough or whatever it may be so god he says to abraham abraham i got this for you just like when you read your the word of god you see something a promise in the word of god so this is what god wants for you Amen? And, but, but now here he, say, for, he says, first you get out, now you can hear the promise. Now you can hear what I want to do with you. And he says to him here, I want you to make you a great nation. And at this age, at this stage, Abraham is 75 years old. Okay? So Abraham departed. Now, this is a good thing, what happened? He obeyed. No one preaches about obedience anymore, which is really, really sad. We, 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 we preach about expressing yourself, follow your heart. I'm telling you, most of the times, I don't want to follow my heart, because my heart, I can't trust. Yeah. Do you know? I, because uh, I can't trust it. Why? Because my heart is still in the process of transformation. I have to, if my heart is in opposition to the word of God, I have to trust the word of God above my heart. Right. Did you understand? Even though I don't, it doesn't matter what my circumstances says, it doesn't matter what my emotions says, it doesn't matter what the voices say around me or the culture around me, if there's a contradiction, I need to follow the word of God. So what happened here is that Abraham, he was moving out, okay? 
and uh, so he was asked to leave his family and that's the first step that you have to leave you have to live a life of repentance and I believe that why many people we struggle to receive from God is because of we trying to receive with our soul and, and we don't understand we have to receive from our spirit okay so when, when, when there's a few things that happens with Abraham uh, God comes down a few times and uh, and when uh, in chapter 15 actually no, there's an interesting thing we, I just want to show you here is this is about um, it talks about that Abraham, he become, Abraham becomes very wealthy and rich and Lot was very wealthy and rich too and because they were so wealthy and rich they couldn't stay together because it took up so much land. Now, Lot is an example of how you should not behave. Because of what Abraham says to him, okay, you choose, and if you choose this, I will choose that. And so vice versa, just to keep peace. But what Lot should have done, now Lot, he was the nephew of Abraham. Lot's father had died, so Abraham basically adopted him and looked after him and because of what Abraham did Lot was prosperous he was blessed so when Abraham said to him no you choose this I will choose that that Lot made a huge mistake why because he was had no father he was an orphan in heart still he was only thinking of himself do you understand so he said oh I will take this land the Sodom and Gomorrah because the, the land looked really fertile but what he should have done, he said, no, Abraham, you are the elder, you choose. That would have been the honorable thing. But because he didn't, because he was an orphan by heart, he didn't have the honor. So he chose, well, I, I, I usually compare him with someone that, you know, that uh, you can know a lot of Bible knowledge, but you still make wrong mistakes because you have an orphan spirit there was no honor did you understand so he chose Sodom and Gomorrah and what is interesting is that uh, after Lot he goes over there God comes down to Abraham and say fear not <laughs> now you have to understand this was actually a huge offering that Abraham had given because you know, he was left with dry land desert he still had the promise but the promise had not manifested and God comes down to him and say fear not I'm telling you there will be times you and I we are asked to give big offerings I, I like what Bill Johnson he said about offerings he said this if your offering doesn't work God no, no, sorry, if your offering doesn't work you, it won't work God. <laughs> do, do, you, do you understand? Sometimes you have to move beyond what you feel you can. That's right. uh, there some, you know, there's many things you actually can do, but you tell yourself you can't do it. <clears throat> I can't pray for the sick. Who knows? Have you tried? Yeah. I can't raise the dead. How do you know? How many dead have you prayed for? <laughs> If my mother-in-law goes home to the Lord, don't pray for her. <laughs> okay? Or maybe Jesus will send her back. <laughs> okay, I don't know. But, but 
so 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 he comes back there uh, so he does so so lot he does this thing and this is in uh, in 15 where god comes down uh, chapter 15 genesis 15 verse 1 and said after these things the word of the lord came unto abram in a vision saying fear not abram i am your shield and your exceeding great reward and when Abraham said, and Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? You know, remember again, his pro- the promise was to get an heir, a son. And now you have to understand this, but the Jewish people, they don't live the way that we live in the Western culture. You know, the, in the Western culture, everyone lives just for themselves. You know, but there's so many elderly people now who complain about my kids don't want to visit me. My kids, oh, my, oh, I'm all alone. And, you know, they have these sad, very, very sad stories and you can cry and so on. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that when many of these people, they were young adults, you know, they were not parents. They didn't care about their kids. They parked their kids in a nursing home after that. They put them in school where, where they were staying for eight hours. They, they were not there. For, now they don't understand why are the kids not for me when I'm old. The way the Jewish people live, they live through the generations. So that means that so if Abraham did not have a son, he, had, he would die. Do you know what I find interesting now? That some of the prophetic words that God has given me over the years, I actually see that they get fulfilled over Matthew, and not over me. Did you understand? Because if God doesn't just look at you, He looks at the family line. Do you understand? That's why God said about Levi that he paid tithes through Abraham. It's actually an interesting thing. It's, you know, he, that's why God says, I am the God of what? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <coughs> do, do, do you understand? You know, that's why, but, so, 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 so that's why it was so vital for Abraham that he needed a son. And uh, so he says, well, oh, maybe, so, and what happens with Abraham here is that he starts reasoning. Maybe it's Eliezer. And so, but you have to understand. Don't tr- uh, try to outthink what God is saying. You know, Spit Wigglesworth. He said about the Word of God. He said the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Did you understand? Don't say, oh, but you know what? The situations are a little bit difficult, and situations are like this, and you know what? I don't, last time I prayed for someone who was sick, they died, so I'm not going to pray for that person. No, if the Bible says it, you should believe it, and that settles it. Did you understand? I, I, like, that, that, that's, that, that's the bottom line of it, and that's the kind of faith you and I need to have. But God says to him that... Uh, no, no, it's not going to be Eliezer in verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now, he says to Abraham, to what heaven, and tell the stars, if you be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. And they say 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. 
And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur and Chaldeas to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord, God, now think about it. In verse 5 it says he believed. In verse 8 he says, how shall I know? Okay, now you can, you can hear a promise, but by you hearing the promise doesn't mean that you have received the promise. Do you understand? You can hear the promise, but it doesn't mean that you have received the promise. Abraham obviously have heard the promise, but he's still in doubt, so to speak. He said, how shall I know? And when God makes a covenant, where the animals, God comes down himself, and, and I believe that that covenant can actually be a metaphor for you and I for the word of God. Now, you know, we, the, the covenant is a natural, physical uh, sign for Abraham that God has promised him an heir. You can be in a situation where, whatever it may be, and when you have the word of God to confirm that God wants you to have it. Do you understand? But still, Abraham did not have a son. Still, Abraham did not have a son. I see many Christians, they have the word from God, they have the confirmation, they can see it in the Bible, but they still don't have it. Okay? And what Abraham does is, so, so what, what happens with Abraham, he starts reasoning, he starts looking for natural solutions, that's why we got Ishmael, can you imagine that? No, the whole world is in trouble because Abraham start reasoning. We wouldn't have the whole Arab problem. No, Ishmael is the, the father of the 12 tribes of the Arab people. Do you, do you understand? But what happened was that he had the word, he had the promise, he had the covenant, he could see it in the word of God, but still nothing had happened. He still hadn't had the son. And what he's trying to do now, what, he, what we must not do, never, never, never try to find worldly solutions to your issues. And we know that, and that's where the finance thing is such a huge thing, you know, I'm teaching Matthew at the moment because now he starts earning his own money. So what I'm telling him is 10% church, 10% saving, 80% Dad, no, it, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the thing, the, the thing is that you, he, he, he need, because if I said to him, if you live like that now, you will never need to put yourself in debt. Do, do you understand? Do you know that, that here, that what happens with Abraham here? is that he's looking for earthly solutions for a problem, a need he has. He's looking at Eliezer, when his wife comes up to him and says, oh, why don't you go and sleep with Hagar? And you can have a son. And you know what, from, from our culture it looks strange, but in their culture it wasn't strange. Even biblically, you know, uh, Jacob, he had sons who were all heirs with different women. But it, but it wasn't what God said. God said, I will give you a son. 
Og hvad er det? Hvad er det? Det er det, det er Sarah og Hager og Gabe. It could also be Eliezer, because he's like a son to me. You know? No, you can start reasoning. Do you know what I, what I learned? One thing is, but if I can't afford it, I don't want it. Do, do you understand? The problem in our culture is that you can get a lot of things that you cannot afford. We call it credit or, or borrowing. And I'm telling you, we get we get into trouble when we do these things. Okay, so he so he so he start reasoning. He thinking and and none uh, and he get you know, we know he got uh, he got Ishmael and uh, so on. Seventeen chapter seventeen. Now now it's going to be interesting. Actually, we, in chapter seventeen, that's the fifth time God appears to Abraham. And you know, five in biblical numbers, that's the number of grace. Okay, so he says here in verse 1, he says, And when Abraham was 90 years old, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect okay this is old english but it's uh, you know be sincere walk sincerely before me okay and i will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly and abraham fell on his face and god talked with him saying as for me behold my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many Nations. Now, this is where the secret is here to the sea. Do you know what hinders your your what you receive? When well, you can see it in the Word of God, it can even become alive to you. You can even have studied it and read the Strong's Concordance or or Matthew Henry's commentaries or whatever. Googled it and ask anyone on YouTube and so on, and you can understand everything. You can quote it in Hebrew and Greek and whatever it may be but still not have it but here what what God does to Abraham he says your name is no longer Abraham your name is Abraham I don't I don't think you catching the, the significance of it is but I believe from the first time God came down to To, to to Abraham, he wanted Abraham to have Isaac at the age of 75. Because when God has said something, that's it. Yeah. Did you understand? The, the problem was not that God did not, was holding it back. Have you ever thought about it? You know, it's so stupid sometimes when we talk that uh, some, you know, God operates outside of time. Uh, time is on the earth, but when you get to God, there's no time. Think about it. You can never get late in heaven. Have you noticed that? I'm telling you, there's a lot of Filipinos who will be happy. <laughs> And Chinese too. Okay, but so how can you say God said wait? God doesn't know the concept of wait because wait is dictated of time. So I believe that when God said to Abraham, you will have an heir, the, the, the God's purpose was for Abraham to have that son there. 
But where the collision, where the challenge was, that Abraham, he could see the promise, he could hear the promise, but he couldn't receive the promise. Why? Because of what hindered him was that he it was his identity in how he saw himself. Do you know what? If you cannot see yourself having it, you won't receive it. Abraham could not, he, he, he's like what, what we will say, he was standing in faith. Meaning, something happened, it will come one day. But and when, when we say we're standing in faith, we're thinking about something outward around us have to change for us to receive it. But really what needs to change is you and me. Do you know that the moment Abraham, Abraham changed from Abraham to Abraham, he now saw himself as a father of many nations. Now, he no longer talked about that one day I'm going to get a son. Now, from the moment God, when he received the transformation of identity, that now I am the father of many nations. Now he could receive it. Or now he could take what was in the spiritual realm and transfer it into the earthly realm. It was his identity. You know, but if you cannot see yourself having it, if you cannot see yourself receiving it, you, you, can't, you can't manifest it. The manifestation lies, the transportation from the earth to realm, because God has already given it to you, but for you and I to bring it from the, earthly, the spiritual realm into the earthly realm, we have to transform our identity. That's why, for example, when it comes to money, they say, the poor shall say that I am rich. The weak shall say that I am strong. So the first step to receive is that your identity has to change. And that's, a, that's what I meant from what I started out with, that a lot of the Christian teaching today gets you stuck in the old identity. Oh, your dad was harsh to you when you were a baby. Your mom forget to buy you an ice cream when you were five years old. Yeah, and I was really traumatized about it. Mom, oh, I really wanted that ice cream. And my mom, she was so busy. She didn't <laughs> buy my bad ice cream, but I've been traumatized every day. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Every other child had an ice cream. I had two, but my mom didn't buy me one. And then you come to a Christian church. Oh, let's counsel you. Oh, you had a hard upbringing. <laughs> oh, let's make a circle around you and we will all give you a hug and cuddle you. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, it makes me feel better. We will also buy you an ice cream. <laughs> Thank you. Now I feel really good. I'm blessed. This is Christian teaching today. Instead of saying what we, what we should do, lift them up, slap them. Wake up. <laughs> it's not even good for you. Okay, you know, you know, but, but a lot of but the thing is that we we don't work with the concept anymore in the church. But you are a new creation. You we work with the concept of that you are. We God will improve you, old person, and we, so we keep one another in Abraham. But Abraham could not receive the son. So when 
So, so, so when, so God, when God changed his identity from being Abraham to be Abraham, what took 24 years, he had been standing in faith for 24 years and, and laid the seed for all the terrorist problems that we got in the 21st century. Okay? And, but when God said, your name is Abraham, and your wife's name is Sarah, not Sarai. It took about three months. And the son of what was in the spiritual world was now moved into earthly realm. Now, so the first thing is you have to understand that you are a new creation. The Bible talks about you are a new creation. You're not an improved human being. You know, I, I don't like when Christians they, they evangelize and say, I'm just like you. I just have a little bit of Jesus extra. No, you are not anything like it. You are an alien. You can make a, you can call into a history channel. And have you seen, we spoke about ancient aliens. Where they go through all. You can call and say, I'm one of them. <laughs> it's, it's true what you're saying. We are here in the midst of you. <laughs> Amen? Just say that. You are not crazy. It's true. Your fear is we are here. And we are going to take over. <laughs> but, with, but you have to understand. That's why it's so important you understand the concept of being born again. That you are a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. Yeah. Do you understand? You're, you are not your body. That's right. do, you, do you understand? And you are not your soul. Mm -hmm. Your soul is a result of your culture, your training, upbringing, experiences. Other <laughs> you, and Wilson might not believe me, but he was not born to like rice. <laughs> he, he, he was trained to like rice. Did you understand? And what you like is not something you are born with. You've been trained to like it. Because when I see what Korean food likes, uh, eats, I say, praise God. <laughs> and but my biggest worry is because of the way I look, that when I get to heaven, he puts me in the Chinese section. <laughs> I don't want that food. No, Chinese food in China and Chinese food in England is not the same. You know that. I, 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 how do I know? When, when I was studying, we had a Chinese exchange student from, from China, okay? Not from England, from China. And every time he cooked, we all ran out because the smell was unbelievable. We just, okay? No, no when we say we want uh, foreign food here, I'm telling you, it's not foreign food, it's, it's westernized food. Do you understand? I remember when we went, I, 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 f I used to think I liked sushi until I went to a proper Japanese sushi place in Toronto. I didn't like sushi at all. I, I like fake sushi. <laughs> Do you understand? I don't like real, I don't want the real thing. I want the fake thing. When we went to this Japanese sushi place in Toronto and when we said, look there, I must have supposed to eat this and we smell. I couldn't. 
vibrant, you know, like I, I've been told that uh, sweet and sour or something, it doesn't even exist in China. This is something they made up here. Yeah. And there's many of the curries. They don't, if you ask an Indian in India, they have no clue what you're talking about. Okay. But anyway, so, but it's so important we get back to this, that we have to understand that I am a spirit who's got a soul and who lives in a body. Do, do you understand? And it's that spirit that you connect with God. And that's where you and I, that we have to understand that the most important part is that when you become a Christian, you, the most important thing is that you need to see your new identity. Because if you don't see that, you cannot receive everything that the Word of God has. You will be like when Abraham had the covenant, but still not the promise manifested. Yes, he had it in the spirit. But like someone said to me, I don't want it in the spirit. I need it here on the earth. Did you, did you understand? And God wants you to have it here on earth. And that's why the Bible talks about that when you receive Jesus as your, as your Savior, you are a new creation. Okay? And, 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 so, and, and in Galatians 2.20 it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. So, so we have to. So, so, so when Abraham was changed into Abraham was changed into Abraham, three months, and Sarah conceived. Now, there's another thing you have to understand in this part: is God did not just change Abraham's name; He also changed Sarah's name. Do you know what? Can you imagine what would have happened if he only changed Abraham's name? So Abraham, he would have come home, and she said, and she would say, Abraham, dinner is ready. I'm not Abraham. I'm Abraham. And she, would, she would probably slap him with the spoon. You are Abraham. <laughs> okay, are you? Okay, but he spoke to Sarah and said, your name is Sarah. Yeah. I'm telling you that this is a good marriage seminar. I'm telling you, you don't marry just anyone. Do you, do you understand? You don't just marry anyone just because we say they're even Christians. Because you need to want the same thing. Can you imagine if Sarah had not gone along with and said, I'm Abraham. No, you're not, you're Abraham. But because we together created this, she said, when she called him father of many nations, she, and, and he called her uh, Sarah, and, and that became the environment where the, the, the spiritual things could come into earth. You know, but I know people, they want to be missionary, well, one wants to be a missionary in Africa, the other one wants to have a career in Europe. And they get married. How does that work out? They're both Christians, both love Jesus, but they don't have the same vision. And if that's the case, it's not the right one to marry. Do you, do you understand? It's no good that someone wants to be a missionary, wants to give up everything, career, and go to the mission field, and the other one wants to 
so have a life in the West as a professional and serve Jesus in that way. But Abraham and Sarah, that's why I say church is so important. That's why the fellowship is so important. Because you cannot, either you like it or not, you cannot achieve what God wants you to achieve alone. Do, do you understand? It, 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 no, it, we, we celebrate this phrase uh, uh, in our culture where we say, I'm a self-made man. We think, oh, that's really wonderful. Now, when you see, what is his name? Alan Schuker, we say, but, oh, I'm, I, I, I made it all myself, you know, that when I was a council state boy, I did sell this, whatever, whatever. I mean, and we celebrate and say, oh, wow, he's amazing. But actually, imagine what he could have become to if he had been given help. Did you, do you understand? His potential would uh, so, so, so none of us are called to be alone. Do you know, that's why you can always recognize when the devil starts attacking you. Do you know what that is? You withdraw. I don't know, I don't know, they don't show it anymore. But I, when, when I, I grew up at the time when you only have one TV channel. Can you remember that? You have one TV channel. And in Denmark, TV only started at 7.30 in the evening. And that was the news. And uh, everyone watched the news, not because we were interested, but just because there was something on the box, on the TV. But a lot of the programs that was made at that time was animal movie, anim animal films. And it was always about something about that the herds and then the, the predators. What did they look for? The one animal that got isolated from the herd. Maybe a little bit slow, and then the predators came in. And that's what happens when many Christians say, I can do it alone. But you know what? You can even be in a church physically and have isolated you in your heart. Yeah. You know that, that. So, so it was Abraham and Sarah who together, so when they start saying, I'm Abraham and I'm Sarah, you are Sarah and you are Abraham, what did they do? They start changing the way they looked at themselves. Do you know what they said about John the Baptist? They came out to John the Baptist and they asked him, what do you say about yourself? What do you say about yourself? Because the most important confession about you is what do you say about yourself? He said, John the Baptist, I am a voice in the wilderness. But, what, but many people say, what do you say about yourself? Oh, I'm stupid. I'm not very good. I can't do this. I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at that. And, and you know, we have defeated ourselves even before we started. And as I told you many times, you're only stupid if you say you're stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Did you understand? But, but we... But what do we say about us? Because the way to build up your identity in Christ is that you start saying, because that's actually what God starts telling him, I'm Abraham. So he starts saying what God said about him. I am the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. He, he didn't even have a child. He said, you said for 24 years and no child. And now you start saying you are the father of many nations. You know that this guy, he, I have a friend and he said this thing about that. I, one day I'm going to be a millionaire. 
and he uh, and one day he got a letter from his biological dad because or not from him but his the family of his biological dad because he's passed away and when it turned out that that dad he died his he never known his biological dad and uh, it turned out that that father his biological father he was an architect very famous one and he 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 designed a very famous chair that was very, very popular, very famous in the 70s especially. And uh, when the father had died, he never told his, the rest of the family about this one. And when, so when we found out that they had a half-brother. So we asked him to come and so on. And he said, you know, to make a long story short, he, he went to the lawyer's office. He went in there and said, you know, we found out biologically this is your dad and you are you're entitled to a part of the inheritance. And he said, I went in there. And I came out as a millionaire. I'm telling you, what do you start saying about yourself? Yeah. But, in, but don't do like what Abraham did. He said, one day I will have a son. One day I'm going to have an heir. One day I'm going to know. What you need to do is, I am now. I'm not going to be, so like if you have a sickness in your body, you're not going to say, one day God will heal me. No, you say, today I am healed. You're not going to say, one day I'm going to prosper. No, today I'm prosperous. No, so the way you build your identity is that you start speaking it. Secondly, you start acting it. And then you and when your trans the transformation of your identity changes do, do you understand many christians don't understand that that's why I, I i can't most christian prayer meetings i can't stand going to them because it sounds like a lot of begging women crying out begging god for something you know it's like terrible you know please help me god you know and we think that tears is going to impress god but i'm i i found out god is not moved by your tears He's moved by faith. Do you know? He's moved by faith. So Abraham went, so think about it. Three months it took. Only three months. What had, what had taken 24 years, he transformed in three months. Because it took nine months for Sarah to be pregnant or to give birth. So if it was a year after the angel came or God came, it must have been within the next three months she conceived. And the secret was, suddenly, he saw he was not going to get it, he had it. Do you know, and if you read through this, the biggest challenge you will see God has with Abraham through the chapters here, you will see, is for Abraham to see. God keeps telling him, look up, look up, look up, look up, yeah, how do I know? look up, look up, look up. Okay, now if you see, if you understand this, now if you go to Ephesians 1, And uh, 17, this is, this is a prayer you should pray over your own life and everyone you know every single day. It says, that, will, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may open your eyes so that you can see 
do you understand? People who try to receive with their brain, they try to say, one day, one day, one day, one day I'm going to be, one day I'm going to have, and one day I'm going to get, and one day this. No, people who have eyes open, heart, eyes of a heart open, they say, I am now. I am now. I am now. But the thing is that many people cannot receive that because at the same time they're trying to keep the old person alive. Do, do you understand? They're trying to keep the old person alive. But that old person has to die first. That's why it has to be crucified. Because if that person is not crucified, you cannot have a half-living, half-earthly half person and a half-spiritual person. It doesn't work like that. That has to die. And I'm telling you, for every progress you want in Christ, you have to die. In the, in the, how did Jesus become the King of Kings? He became the King of Kings by death. How do you become King of uh, a, a world by death? That's why we say this phrase, but if you want to go higher in Christ, you have to go lower. Okay, this is how the kingdom of God works. So the most important part in your Christian life is that the old self get crucified. We need to understand there is nothing good in you. Because whatever even the best characteristics in you, you will betray that if it becomes beneficial or you come under the right pressure. Do you know that? That's why that when we marry people in the church, we don't marry people to one another. We marry them to Christ. Do you understand? You don't promise your husband or your wife that you will be faithful. You promise Jesus. So your wife might end up being crazy, but that does not release you from your vow. Because your vow was not given to your wife first, it was given to Jesus. So you can't divorce him. But like John Austin, he said, divorce never crossed our mind, but murder did. <laughs> but the thing is, you have to, many Christians, they don't understand this concept of that the old, and you can hear it how we speak, is because we, we, we consider that, we, we, we say, I stand in faith for this and I stand in faith for that. No, you got it. If, you, if God has said it, you got it now. Now you start behaving like it. Do you understand? The moment you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, what happens is you start behaving. The reason for many people cannot receive forgiveness is because they're waiting for a feeling to confirm that they are forgiven. But once the Bible says, if you confess it with your mouth, then God will forgive you. It's not a feeling. When Abraham starts saying, I am Abraham, he, what did he say? I am no longer Abraham. The old is gone. Do you know, in the Jewish culture, any Jewish commentary is forbidden to refer to Abraham as Abraham. You're not allowed to refer to Abraham as Abraham. Just like in the, in the New Covenant, you are not allowed to refer to your old person. 
Because as long as you do that, it will hold you back to move into a new person. Now, there's, uh, there's many couples, why do we struggle? Because one is still wanting to live in a, a part of their life as a single. Do you understand? No, that person is gone. If, as long as you keep referring to the old person, that marriage will never be a proper unity. As long as you and I, we refer still to our old person, you can never truly become one with Jesus. And therefore you will, not, you will struggle to see the blessing. Okay? The Apostle Paul, he says that in St. Corinthians 5.16, he says, Therefore, henceforth, know we, so he says, the Apostle Paul, we know no man after the flesh. So he's saying, you know, in the church, we do not define one another according to what you were, but by the Spirit. You are not allowed to refer to one another according to. I, I notice that more and more is that in the Christian life is that you have to, if, if you believe this is what God has done, now you have to act like it. That's how you show your faith. You know, but there are many Christians say, yeah, but I have faith, but they don't do the action. What you are, you are a Pharisee. That was the Pharisee's problem. They talked, but they didn't act. But faith is, now, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Believe and you shall receive. You know, when do you receive it? When you have asked. Now, the challenge is, can you see yourself having it? If you can't see yourself having it, you can't receive it. When Abraham, he had the promise, but he couldn't see himself as a, as a father. He couldn't see himself as because he, he still said, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have an heir. God has said I'm going to have I even have a proof of the covenant. I'm going to have a son one day. But you know what? You can, if, if you're going to, you're never going to get. Until the moment he said, I am a father. I am a father. Don't, so whatever, so the sick, what should they do, start doing? Behave as they were healed. Now Doji Osteen, in the process of her recovery of liver cancer, there is a story where she had, to, I think it was after a week after she got diagnosed, no, she was really fragile and everything, but when she read the scripture and declared, I'm healed, and when uh, there was a, a sofa that needs to be moved in the house and the, the younger son, Joel Osteen, the one who is the pastor now, he, she asked her, him to come and help moving the sofa, and he said to her, no, I, I, because he was young, not because he was spiritual, he said, oh, but you are healed, and then he went out of the door. <laughs> so she struggled with that sofa to move it for four hours, but she got it moved. What did she do? She started behaving as she was. <clears throat> do, do you understand? She started behaving as she was. Do you know that I didn't start being a giver when I, ha I could afford it. I started being a giver when I could not afford it. I, I, my generation, there was a lot of young people. We, you know, most of them, we were students, they said, we will tie when we got money. I'm telling you, 30 years later, we're still not tithing. 
Because what did I do? I saw it and I start behaving like it. I start behaving like it. I start behaving like it. Many people, they don't get healed because they need to feel first. And then they act. But the thing is, if you see it in the Word of God, now you need to start acting like it. You know, that there's been many times no emotions. And I just look at the Word of God and say, wow, I don't care. I'm going to act on it. I don't, I'm going to act on it. My circumstances screams to me around. But no, I'm acting on it. Amen. I'm acting on it. I don't feel like blessing that person. I'm blessing that person. You know, I, I don't feel, you know, the Bible. Have you noticed the Bible says we have to pray for our enemies? It doesn't say you have to pray for your friends. <laughs> have you noticed that? It doesn't say you have to pray for you. So, so that's why I pray a long time. No. <laughs> but, but do you understand? It, it's, it, it's a com but we start need to act like it. I, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you believe you are a royal priesthood, you start acting like it. Don't start one day when you see some kind of sign or manifestation. But no, you start acting like it. Now, Kenneth Copeland, he's, he became a giver when he was in a million dollars of debt. And this is in 1950s. Can you imagine that? 1950s being in a million dollars of debt. Now, not for a mortgage or a house, but just uh, because a man lived a very extravagant life. Do you understand? And he started acting like, I'm rich. I'm wealthy. And the way I'm going to get out of it is by listening to God. And now, the rest is history. Do you understand? And that's, he, that's the same for all of us. We have to act. If you're thinking, you know, but actually, you know, if you think you are a victim, no, I'm telling you, you will be a victim. Imagine you know, people who got mocked on the streets. Very often are people who appear vulnerable. You know, you know, you know, but you need to know and act like that he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. Amen. You need to know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. God, you know, the Bible says that if I trust and obey, obey and serve him, I shall prosper and live my days in pleasure. Now, now you need to act like it. You know, I can do I can do all things what God asked me to do. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, so when you say, for example, I'm not good at that, what right have you got to say that? I'm stupid, what right have you got to say that? I'm ugly, what right have you got to say that? If you say you're ugly, are you made in God's image? Yeah, are you saying God is ugly? <laughs> do you understand? We, we need to act like that's that's why in in first Peter it talks about that we are peculiar people okay so he was 75 years he received his promise but he was only when he was 99 and the difference was now he saw himself I am a father I am a father I am a father I'm not going to be I am because he, he let the word of God build his reality. Yes. Not, not the, the, uh, the, the childless home. That was not what built his reality. That has built his reality for 24 years. But suddenly it dawned on him. No, my reality is what God has said. 
Amen. Your body is not your reality. Your bank account is not your reality. The word of God is your reality. I shared you about no, no. I so, so three months in in Ephesians four twenty four it says, and and that you, this is you and me, are putting on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The new man. Now, it says, you put on. That talks about a matter of will. Okay? That, 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 that talks about there's something we have to do. Now, you and I, we have to start talking this new identity. I'm telling you, uh, for fathers especially, because moms is different, mothers are different, because they've got nine months to prepare. But for a father, you know, the moment that baby comes out, yeah, they can say, oh, this is, this is my happiest moment of life. Oh, baby's so special. I'm telling you, the, the, the moment that uh, man goes home, in his head, he's still not a father. Because he, if you ask him, Are you a, have you got a son? He'll say yes. But his identity is still not. Yeah. Did you understand? I remember with me. First time I had to say, this is my son. I thought that sounds completely strange. Because his words would never came out of my mouth before. But if you ask me, have you got a son? I say, yes. But, the, but I can remember there was a specific time. Suddenly it dawned on me. Now I was not Kurt who was a father. Now I was the father. That was the difference. Because now this was me, it was my identity, it was not something that was attached to me, no, it was me now. The same thing, you have to speak to yourself, the Bible says meditate upon the word of God. Uh, the Hebrew word for meditate is when you speak the word of God to yourself. Meditate is not like the Hindus. Have you ever tried a meditating? I fall asleep. <laughs> okay. Let's be peaceful before God. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, biblical meditation is but you speaking the word of God to yourself. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. So now, the way you meditate, you say, the weak shall say, I'm wits, I'm wits, I'm wits, I'm wits, I'm wits. But there are many Christians, they meditate on what the devil tells them. You're poor. You're poor. Oh, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. When you, you when you t when you take your real Bible up, which is your bank statement, <gasps> I can't afford anything. The only thing that has in common with the Bible is that both are written in red. <laughs> okay. But the thing is, you need to speak to yourself. I'm with, you know, when you, if you if you have problems with your body, you need to sp say to yourself, "By His stripes, I've been healed." By his stripes, I have been healed. I'm healed. You know, I've been, I'm not been given a, a spirit of fear, but of a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Even if my mom don't believe it, I got a sound mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to understand, this is, this is how the supernatural Christian life is. There is no other way. Anything that you've seen there is just about a concert, or singing a nice song, or, or giving food to, doing It's none of these things. Supernatural Christianity is that you become like God here on earth. Do you know that the test 
In the desert for Jesus, it was really a test about identity. Now, now you have to understand, Jesus, he was brought up with Joseph as, as his father. You know, it wasn't like when Jesus was brought up that uh, Gabriel came down every week. Oh, I'm just checking on, on, on baby Jesus. Okay. No, Joseph was his father. Jesus probably called Joseph father. Do you, do you understand? Because that was, so what happened is Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He got baptized. And what, what happens in, in the, what happens? God, the Father says, This is my son, the beloved. And then he's led into the desert. And what is the test about, as I talked about a few weeks ago, if you are the son of God. The test was about, are you the son of Joseph or are you the son of God? The same test you and I have. Are you, the son, are you a human of this world? Or are you a new creation of heaven? But we, you, but I, 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 I don't, I, I don't just hate it. But I'm only human, meaning I can get on with doing what the Bible doesn't say, say I should do. I'm only human. God will understand. I'm telling you, God doesn't understand the word. He understands why he said. He said. He said. Why don't you trust me? I'm telling you. Why don't you trust me? Trust me. Yeah, but how? Trust me. God never lets anyone down who puts their life upon him. Yeah, but what if I die? When you're in heaven. Yeah, but I don't want to die. You don't want to go to heaven. Hmm? You don't want to come home to daddy. <laughs> yeah. But... So, so be worried if you have a dream that you see you running to Jesus, Jesus with open arms. <laughs> can mean many things, you know. <laughs> Do you but the thing is, this is this is Christian life. But the thing is, that we have because of we don't, from a natural point of view, we don't like to die. Our flesh hate dying. Our flesh resists the cross. So, the, so, what, so what the flesh does, it creates religion and, and gives the appearance of spirituality. But there's no life in it. You know, it, like Christianity today has become like a subculture. You know, meaning that we don't need the world. We, we can easily do it. So we have our own top 10 bestseller Christian books. We have our own top 10 music hit list and so on and so forth. Do you think God sits up in heaven and says, no, no, don't sing that worship song. I like that one instead. <laughs> don't sing that one. Sing that one, Oliver. I told you that one, Oliver. I'll put my finger in my ears, Oliver, until you sing that song. <laughs> he, he's not doing that. Do you understand? He doesn't even hear the words. He hears the hearts. Did you understand? Can you imagine? God said, Oh, when you get to heaven, I say, Oh, now comes the one who produced number one hit song in the Christian <laughs> Come on. Doesn't exist. But we have, we, we have created it. So we think in Christianity is just like, uh, just a, 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 a similar way of living as the world. It isn't. Christianity is, you die. And now, once you die, 
God promises He will give you the resurrection power. Amen? The resurrection power. Now you can plug into the earth, the spiritual world, and receive and bring it into the earthly place. This was what Abraham did. When Jesus, when the devil tried to say, if you have a son of God, make these things to become stone. Make bread stones to become bread. If you have a son of God, do this and do this and do it. It was a struggle about what uh, Jesus, when, uh, what, what he was trying to make Jesus doubt. But he was the son of God. He, he, the devil was questioning what God said. You are the son of God. Do you know what? It's the same thing when you see the word of God here. When it says, the, the, the poor shall say, I'm rich. Now, the devil comes through your bank account and says, you're poor. You can't afford anything. It needs to be spaghetti or spaghetti and ketchup for the next five weeks. Okay. Wilson, mm -hmm. rice and soy sauce. That's all. That's all. <laughs> But you, you, you understand, is that now the test stands in, who do you believe? There's this worship song. Don't worry, I won't sing it. Who, whose report do you believe? The devil's or God's? Do you know that that's why the woman who gave the two mites, have you, if you read that, she threw her offering. Why? Because the devil was telling her all the way, you can't afford that, you can't afford that, you can't afford that. So she took it, she threw it. Now, now it's too late, devil. Okay? Because she believed the report of the Lord more than she believed the report of this world. You know, and and this, is, this is tough for our flesh, but I'm telling you, the more you're doing it, the easier it becomes. Because it's about you get accustomed to that way of living. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, but that's why the Apostle Paul, he, 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 he changed identity. You know, he, he, no longer was he Saul who converted to Jesus. Now he was Paul who preached Jesus. Yes. Do you understand? You know, my friend uh, from Boston Spa, that, who, who's gone home to be with Jesus now, he, I'm telling you, he's the most, he's the poshest person I've ever met in UK. I'm telling you. Just by his voice, he spoke. I could listen to his voice. It was just brilliant. Uh, okay, but when you saw him from the outside, it was Mr. Scruffy himself. You know, lunch was here, <laughs> breakfast here. You know, and and he refused to buy anything new because he said there's no challenge in having anything new. So he always came in these very, very old cars. He knew nothing about cars. You know, funny. <laughs> he came to me and I said, there's this light on the dashboard of my car. I don't know what it is. I said, no, I didn't know. So I said, when one day he called me, Kurt, can you come and pick me up? My car just stopped. Because it was the oil lamp. And you know, you know how the, you know, if there's no oil, suddenly it starts burning, and when it's stuck, so I had to come. But I'm telling you, he But he he was uh, before he was a Christian. You know, he he lived one of these really really upper class life where. So when he, you know, he he ended up being an alcoholic, and he were, he was, but and then. He stopped drinking and then he became a Christian, but he always referred to himself and introduced himself to say that I am a former 
alcoholic and Jesus saved me. That's, no, that sounds very good. But I said to him one day, if you keep saying that, you're ending back to where you came from. Because God is not here in the business to restore former alcoholics. Do you understand? He's in the business of killing alcoholics and make them new creations. So that you no longer refer to the old. Do you understand? I don't know what you have done in your past and so on. And it doesn't really matter because it's all been crucified. But now you need to stop with, you, you, have, you and I, we had to learn to refer and define ourselves according to what the Bible say. So we say, but I'm so impatient, I've always been impatient. Who told you that? My mom did, my parents did, my grandma said that. Everyone says, everyone knows I'm impatient. What does the Bible say about you? You are patient. And now you go home and pray this prayer. If you are impatient, Give me patience now. <laughs> Immediately. What now? No, you, you, no, what, 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 what do you let define you? you know, as I said to you, it was uh, summer, in the summer 91, I spent two, three months. The only thing, I had one question on my, on my notepad is, who am I? Okay, who am I? Because if I asked myself, who am I? I would say, you know, I was adopted. Uh, I grew up in Denmark. I was this and this. And, you know, I'm, when you make a long list of it, and it's all references to the old person. And then I became a Christian. So, so it's like I'm trying to add Christianity to the old, old person. And it does not match. It does not fit. So I, I had this thing, and when I looked in the Old and the New Testament about, who am I? And you know, the person, the Bible said that I were, was completely different from the one I thought I was. No, it's like, you know, I don't know if you know that, uh, no, the Ockley Duckling fairy tale. You know that, the Ockley Duckling fairy tale. You don't know that one? <laughs> don't know? Yeah. One person knew. <laughs> you know what? You know the, the story of the, the the point in the the, the fairy tale of the ugly duckling is that it was never a duckling. Do, do you understand? It was never a duckling. But he was trying to be a duckling. Do you know? It can look ridiculous. But what he did was that he mirrored himself in those around him. Yeah. Do you know what? Many, many Christians do this today. We mirror ourselves in the people who are successful on the outside. Non-believers oh, he's rich, oh, he's nice, and he got some good characteristics. He got some good Christian character. No! You're not, you, you're not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be a new creation. You're supposed to be a new creation. Don't try, because if you, if, you, if, you, if you try to be something, like in the world, just a better human being, you will be disappointed. But when he started, but when, what happened with the ugly duckling, when he grew up, but he, after he had been crying, 
I mean, he looked in the water, and he saw him, no? I'm a swan. <coughs> when you look in the, the water, the word of God, and see who you really are. Okay? Christians today, they try to be like everyone else in the world. Just a Christian way. I got a tattoo, but it says Jesus. Okay? Come on. We try to do these things, and, it's, and, and we will get frustrated because we are not supposed to operate in the flesh. Our whole walk is for that old person to die more and more and more, so that the more I die, the more Christ can come out from me. Do you understand? It's Christ who has... So that now, when I'm walking this new identity, I can bring from the spiritual realm into the earthly realm. Do you understand? Either that if, I, if, if I start looking at what every doctor's magazine talks about healing, I'm telling you, I will lose all my faith for healing. I wouldn't pray for anyone. But what I do is, I look in the Word of God, and it says, I shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. It's in the Bible, you know, they say, if you read in the news, they say, you know, have you noticed? Have you remember when you take out a mortgage? That guy who wants to sell you the insurance, I'm telling you, the whole world will collapse upon your head. You know, because he wants you to buy that insurance. You know, you can die. You know, you didn't even know there was all these diseases and things like that. You can die because he wants to sell it to you. But you know, the Bible says that I shall have a long life and I'm not going until I'm full of days I'm set when I'm, until I'm ready but now who do I believe? you can have anything now you know, I, I, there was a guy from the Faroe Island he rode on a bo rowing boat from the Faroe Island to Copenhagen quite amazing do you know how he died? he drowned in a small lake <laughs> <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. He drowned in a small lake after some years later. But he survived the Atlantic Sea rowing. Do you know? No. You you have to we have to learn. And that's why you should read the word of God more than anything today. Read the word of God. The most important part is find out who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Because I don't know. That's why the Apostle Paul says, I don't even judge myself. I feel poor. Jesus, but you put words. I don't feel this. Oh, there's a contradiction. So I believe you, Jesus. I feel sick. Oh, I heard this wonderful testimony about a woman. We was here in England. Where every summer they had a camp meeting, and she had a big uh, tumor or something on her throat. And when she stood up on the platform, and she said, "I just want to give a testimony that Jesus have healed my throat. Now the, the tumor on my throat is gone." And everyone looked at her. They could see that. Everyone thought she was crazy. Okay, next summer she came back. I just want to give a testimony. What do you want to testify about? How Jesus removed the tumor, and now it was even bigger. She, she stood up and said, "I just want to give thanks to Jesus because He removed my tumor from my throat." And people thought she was crazy. Then third year, she came again. I said, "What do you want? I just want to give thanks." Now it was so big. I just want to give a testimony and give praise to Jesus that my, my tumor on my throat is gone. And everyone goes, you gone. Yeah. She stood up there and when she said, oh Jesus, let them see what I can see. And then bang, it was gone. What did she live by? 
She lived by the Spirit. She lived by what Jesus said about her, not by what her flesh said about her, what people around her said about her. Okay? Now, if, if people around you say you're stupid and you believe them, you are really stupid. Okay? Don't let anyone define you apart from the Word of God. And let the word of God dictate your actions because this is the only remedy, it's the only solution. But because of the church, no, that's why the church has lost its impact in church in the world today. Why? Because we don't know we are new creations. We don't know that the old is gone. We try to dress up the old person. We try to dress it up and make it look nice. We try to be so nice so we can win people. We try to be friendly so we can win people. I'm telling you, your kindness and your friendliness can only go so far. Do, do you understand? It's the power of God that can do that. So, so it's about this new identity and there is 144 scriptures that it says in the New Testament, especially in the letters of the Apostle Paul, that says in whom, in Christ, by him, this is your new identity. And when you start see, finding them, now you start speaking them. And what you're doing, you're doing like what Abraham did. I am Abraham. I am Abraham. When you're... When you're uh, bank statement comes, I am wits. When your body starts feeling your age, I am strong. <laughs> Amen. You, you need to start saying these things. No. Don't let, but very, very often we say, we, we have this, we, we, we still dictated by the natural. And because of that, we cannot, we cannot uh, plug into the spirit. Do you know what? Uh, not a lot of worship songs that are written today are very, have any kind of anointing upon it. I'm, I'm saying that sadly. Because of a, it's just like a, a mass production. No, there's no price being paid for, for that song. There's no sacrifice being made to plug into, to receive it. It's just someone who sits down who is good at playing a guitar or have a good voice. A lot of good singers are in the church, but not a lot of anointing. Did you understand it? Do you know that when King David, he introduced 24-hour worship in the temple of Jerusalem, they say that there was no sick people in Jerusalem at that time. Do, do, do you understand? You can read this uh, Josephus, he, a Jewish historian uh, from that time. Because the worship, God came down in his worship. But what we call anointed today, because we don't know any better, we say, oh, I feel good in my emotions. Ah, oh, that, that song manipulates my emotions, so that makes me feel good. But, but there's a reason for why when every time you see people like uh, on big crusades, they use the old songs. Why? Because the old songs, those who wrote them, they paid a price. Okay, you know, and, and, and because it's taken from the spirit, but a lot of it is taken from the soul. Yeah. Okay, so, so you are Abraham. It says in I think it's Corinthians, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are passed away. Now, that you know, what it refers to is your old self. 
your own self has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Do you know there is a, there is a phrase the Apostle Paul he's, he says, I wrong no, I have wronged no man. This is what you can Google that. The Apostle Paul he say, I have wronged no man. Meaning in today, I not hurt anyone. And first time I went, I said, God, I found a lie in the Bible. <laughs> I found a lie in the Bible. And I remember the Holy Spirit very, very sternly now. He said to me, how dare you say that what the blood of Jesus have covered, Paul didn't lie. That person that we refer to have died. Do you understand? And I'm telling you, it's a message that is so important because if that message does not come out, there will be a lot of people in the Western churches, they die and think they go to heaven, but they don't. Because the spirit has never been renewed. And they will end up like, if you, you can watch it on YouTube, Kenneth Hagen, he made a video of when he, how he got saved. It's actually quite grim. Don't watch it at night time. Okay. Where, you know, he, he dies and then he, he goes to hell. And then the, the demon comes and says, you know, and he says, I belong to the Baptist church. <laughs> My mom went to the Baptist church. And I'm telling you, that's, that's many, many people in the Western churches. Because we, 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 we using the gospel not to be transformed, we're using the gospel just to improve the old person. And it's not going to work. And then we don't, uh, and that's why you've seen words like obedience have disappeared, uh, serving have disappeared, submission have disappeared. These words have all disappeared in the, in, 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 in the body of Christ today. You don't hear sermons about it. It's about how can, you know, even when you have marriage seminars, have you, when you have a women's seminar, it's always about that how your husband should treat you in a women's seminar. And when you go to a men's seminar, it's about how your wife should treat you to a men's seminar. But maybe, but we don't hear anything about that. You need to die. Die. Oh, my wife is so irritating. That's because she's helping you to be more like Christ. How? She's killing you. But it's not popular. If you speak to most Christians, they'll say, How is church? Oh, we had a good time. What do you mean by good time? Yeah, we, we, we just live here, we, we just do whatever we want, we, we can gamble, we can drink, and we can do all sorts of things, and it's just amazing. We have a great time at Jesus. Jesus loves us, he's gracious. I'm telling you, it's deception. It's deception. You know, because of, if you have the Spirit of Christ, I'm telling you, you will say like the Apostle Paul, it's no longer I who lives, but he who lives through me. Amen? Amen. 
I'm telling you. But I, I, I heard preachers were talk about that. Oh yeah, I prayed to God that he would give me the lottery numbers. Obviously he didn't get the numbers, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah but, but this is our calling, you know, like this is our culture. We can do this because uh, this is, we are Christians. It's about having a good time and a good party. And you know what is frightening? The Bible says that just before Jesus comes yeah. back, it says, just like in the days of Noah, where people are just thinking about eating and drinking and partying and having a good time. Okay? Do you know what? I, I, when I was, you know, before I became a Christian, I, I didn't live like a Christian. No, I, I did. First time I got drunk as a teenager was in a church. And it was in a, <coughs> what they call, uh, similar to something called YMCA. You know, like, so they had a YMCA in Denmark, they had these uh, disco parties. So I think I was about 14 years old or something, like 13, 14 years old. And when I said drunk, I got drunk by looking at a beer bottle, do you understand? <laughs> no, because that was all. I only had to see the bottle when I was drunk. But, but I'm telling you, when I was 13 years old, I lost a very good friend. And do you know where he got killed? In a church. Uh, how did it happen? Because these young youth leaders in this YMCA, you know, because uh, when they have a, a disco party, you know, and we were at that age where, you, you know, you're too young to go to a proper nightclub. So when the YMCA, they come and have a party, they will say, we open the doors and, and a part of, you know, so, and because of in Denmark, we, we, we don't have like in England where we have good areas and bad areas, do you understand? It's like everything is just mixed together. <coughs> so you can have what you would call people who, in England who lives in very, very deprived areas. They will live next door to people who are very well off in Denmark. Like, so, so when you have this YMCA disco party, so you can see people are coming from all sorts of backgrounds. And uh, one of my f good friends, I don't know why he ended up in a fight with someone, but that one he ended up in a fight with, he pulled out a knife and he killed him inside a church. Okay? And you know what? The sad thing about it all is that these, they, they, these Christians, they didn't even see how far off the track they come. Do you understand? They, they thought, oh, we can, if we can just open the doors, it would be friendly. If you have a good time, and maybe one of them will be saved. Now, these, these poor YMCA leaders, they got beaten up by many of these young kids who, you know, but they, they, it was completely out of control. Oh, they, 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 were, you know, they, were, they were trying to stop many of these young people from drinking because it was supposed to be a church and things like that. But, you know, but they, they, they could, everything went out of control. And I'm telling you, but the sad thing is, many people think this is what church is about. We accommodate the world. Do you know that if, if a sinner, you know, they, I, one of the worst, I always check, if everyone keeps saying to me, who are sinners, who all, they always say, oh, God, you're so nice. Do you know what? I do not take that as a compliment. <laughs> because when there's something in me, if, if they only see me as nice, 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 obviously Christ is not very obvious in me. Because light 
will always confront darkness. Do, do you understand? And when I, when I got saved, I remember with my family, every time I came home, my, 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 you know, my, my parents were like any other one, when, when they say something important, they have to swear. Do you understand? You know, like if you have to say something really important, it's four swear words in front of it and five at the end. <laughs> when, so, but when I got saved, my mom and dad kept saying, oh, sorry. Sorry, so because you know, I went with so, sorry, I went with swear, sw- was swearing again. Sorry, oh, I didn't want to swear. I went, uh, because but that's lie confirms. But you know, you have to understand the Bible say that those who receive the gospel, you are a sweet smelling savor. But those who reject it, you are a smell of death. Do you understand? The more, one of the most famous preachers in Eng- English history is called John Wesley. They hated him. Yeah. They, you know, they didn't just not like him, they hated him. They spit at him, they threw stones at him, they tried to burn his house down. And they, they did all sorts of crazy things. Okay? They threw him out of towns. When he came to Leeds, they threw him out of Leeds. They should go to hospital, there's a hill in hospital and say, oh, this was where John Wesley went up to when he had to escape the crowds, the mob, trying to beat him up. This is about, now I don't say you should go out and offend on purpose, but there has to be a spirit of holiness upon you. It's okay if people feel uncomfortable drinking in your company. It's okay. And you know that when, when you go to a party and you don't drink, people they feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to make them comfortable. Do, do you understand? But we, we but you know, but another dumb thing I heard was a, uh, an evangelist. He goes out and buy a beer for the for the sinners, and when we drink a beer, then I share the gospel. No. So, so, so I said to him, why don't you just tell him you like drinking? Don't use this. But the thing is, if there's no difference. How can I lead them? Yeah. And how can I expect God to be pleased with me? Do you understand? You know, that, that, that was the life that I got saved from. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want that life. That's why I received Jesus. Because there is no, there is no lasting uh, peace in that. Do, do, do you understand? It's like... I think it's a mockery that many preachers now, they're not even ashamed of being divorced. Like, I'm looking at a building now, and the pastor there, he got divorced some years ago, and uh, now I looked on the website, and he's smiling, oh, God's blessing us, and this is wonderful. You know what? Give me a break. Do you understand? Because of we we thinking we're just trying to be like no 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 we are different. I got a pure spirit in me. He who's in me is different than the spirit of the world. I am not of this world. I don't want to be like this world. Do you understand? I am of Christ. I carry the Holy Spirit in me. The living God had chosen to dwell in me. The living God had chosen to say, so why should I want anything that the world has to offer? That's not what I live for. I live for him. And when I, he said, when I seek his kingdom and his righteousness, 
he will add all the other things to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? As I said, that's why that we missed a big opportunity in 2009. Because we as a body of Christ, with the financial crisis, the credit crunch in 2008-09, there was actually a crisis where there was a transfer of wealth. And that wealth should have been transferred into the body of Christ. But because we were not qualified to receive it. Do you understand? Because of we, we, we you know, because we, we're still struggling in one thing in the body of Christ is when, you know, God, Jesus said this thing about you cannot serve God and mammon. Do you understand? Do you know, God says he calls God and mammon for masters. What is mammon? Uh, mammon is a Greek word. We got two words from it in the English language. We got the word mom and the word money. Okay? But mammon is really so so what it means that you cannot serve so what it is that what does money do to you? So because money is like, does to you like it you know, really if you if you translate a word by word it's like a baby who is breastfed. That's what mammon really means. And what it means is that that's how you're, you're feeding off money. Yeah. So, so money becomes your master. When God says you cannot serve God and mammon. Yeah. But, it, but I wrote in my notices that if you serve God, mammon will serve you. Mm-hmm. Amen? Okay. When mammon will serve you. Okay, so so we, and we we are in a time where I'm telling you it is so 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 important that that we as a body comes into a right place because time you know if Jesus does not come back physically in my li- lifetime it doesn't really matter because of I have been called to reach a certain generation and that generation dies out you know. So we we have to, okay. But anyway, so so big. So think about it. Abraham. Once he saw he was he was not going to be, three months, and Sarah, uh, Sarah and Abraham have conceived, the son of promise. It wasn't that they not they didn't have him for the last twenty four years. They had him. They just couldn't move it from the spirit into the earthly world. Do you understand? The same thing is that, so what, so with you and I, so what, so what we did, we, we confessed it, we acted upon it, and that was how we changed the identity. Basically, it is trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. I'm telling you, Look at people's lives, decisions. Don't look at people's words alone. Abraham chose to say, "I am the father of many nations." Do you understand? You know, I think it must have been quite a humbling experience many times to say it, because everything in within himself would have said, "No, that's, that's, now you're lying. Now you're lying. Now you're lying. Now you're lying." But the Bible says, "I believe, and therefore I speak." Okay. Now, I, I believe, I believe. If you read First Samuel 17, what David said to uh, Goliath before he killed him, 
He said, today I'm going to feed your head to the birds. And he's not even killed him yet. Okay. There's a man, I'll finish with that. There's a man who didn't catch this. That's King Saul. Yeah. You know, if you read about King Saul, when he got anointed as a king, there was a group of people who did not want to honor Saul with gifts. <coughs> and it says that Saul did not confront it because he was scared. No, it wasn't because he was scared. It was because Saul, in the heart of hearts, he still saw himself as a shepherd. Do you understand? The Bible says that the people will suffer when you make a slave a king. Do you know, there's another verse about King David where he says, Now David understood that God had made him king. Okay? Before that moment, David would say, I'm a shepherd boy who became king. That was his identity. But when he realized, now God had made David king over Israel. So when we asked David, who are you? He would say, I'm King David. Mm-hmm. You know, but so what do you say when we ask you? I'm Filipino, Christian. What, what would Wyatt say? I'm a member of ISIS. <laughs> I'm I'm home on on a break. I'm off soon. No, but yeah, what what do you say? Okay, what do you say? Now, now you have to. It starts with what do you say about yourself? Now you say it starts saying I I can do. You, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. James says that your tongue is like a rudder of a ship. So now you start talking. So you start saying, I am a child of God. I am whatever situation you have. Now you start saying this, and when you start acting like it, then you start moving it into the natural world. I'm telling you, that's how it works. That's how you got saved. That's how you receive salvation. That's how you receive anything from, uh, actually, not receive anything that is already yours. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, I ask that will you open our eyes.